Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. Welcome to Bucknuts, what we learned live following Ohio State's too close for comfort 21-7 win at Northwestern. Um, wow. I am Dave Biddle. Thank you for joining me on today's show. I'll be joined soon by Jonah Booker. Uh, then we'll be joined live from Ryan Field in Evanston uh, by Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon following post-game interviews. So let's get into what we learned from this game. Goodness gracious. I mean, Listen, I, I get it. Like a win's a win, you know, it's survive in advance. But when you're favored by 38 points, and I know that, like, the, you know, we'll get into the weather and all that. I'll, I'll use what Ryan Day himself said about the weather. Um, you know, the weather is the same for both teams. As Ryan Day said himself, you just have to be, you know, deal with it better than your opponent. And um, disappointing. Now, we can get into some good things that Ohio State did as well, but uh, overall, pretty disappointing. Um, when you're favored by 38 points and you win this game by 14 and you kind of had to pull away late to win by 14. So I'm just going to retweet the show here real quick. And we'll get into some more stuff that we learned about this team. So here's the thing though: I will say this. Is it going to hurt them in the end? No. If Ohio State goes undefeated, you think 13 and 0 Ohio State, I mean, it, it won't matter. Just beat Michigan, win the big 10. Obviously it won't matter. I guess you could say the only way it would matter is if Ohio State's sitting there at 11 and one with a loss to Michigan. I don't think they'd get in anyway um, in that scenario. So, you know, so it probably won't matter. I mean, this, we all know the 2014 Ohio State lost to Virginia tech and still won the national championship, but disappointing today. Um, let's get into some things that we learned from this game. Um, you know, I, okay, let's start with something positive. You know, give them credit for grinding it out. They've done that. But I'm sick of saying that. I'm sick of saying, oh, this was a, you know, a character booster. Notre Dame, you know, we said that. Um, you know, Penn State and now this. It's just like, listen, 
it, it's just that was an embarrassing performance for most of the game. I hate to use that word, but that, that's what it was. I wrote it down a couple different times in my game notes. Like it was embarrassing. You're supposed to be the number two team in the country, and that's what you come out and do. Embarrassing. Um, listen, I've talked up the O line. They were disappointing today. The O line was a disappointment. We learned that O line was a disappointment. They have to play better. We learned that this year's team. Now, maybe they can prove it otherwise, but this year's team is not as good as that 2019 team. There's been a lot of comparisons with Ryan Day's first team and now this team. You know, you know is this overall maybe even a better team than 2019? It's not. It's not. Um, and that 2019 team didn't even make it to the national championship game. It should have. I mean, that Clemson game was, you know, an abomination as far as, you know, replay officiating. Um, absolutely atrocious. But still, point is, I mean – this is not as good of a team as 2019. It just isn't. I, I just, I don't know. Um, 2019 is the better team. And again, Ryan Day himself said, you can talk about the weather all you want. He said all week, the weather is the same for both teams. So you can't have it both ways. You know, the weather was the same for both teams. And what's the other thing they talked about all offseason? Toughness. Being tough. Being tougher than the other team. Being able to run the ball when the other team knows they're going to run it. Who looked like the tougher team for most of the game today? And I'm not saying Northwestern overall is the tougher team, but who looked like the tougher team for most of the game today? Northwestern did. And that's disappointing. That's why I say there's like, you know, there's all the adjectives you want. I mean, just disappointing, embarrassing. It's just um, they've got to be better than this. You know, I've talked all offseason. I'm very confident about November 26th. They've got to be a lot better than this, a lot better than this in three weeks, a lot better. How about C.J. Stroud running the ball? Let's get back to some positive stuff. How about that? Don't you get the feeling they were saving some of that stuff for Michigan, though? Now, like, Ryan Day felt like he had to break it out against Northwestern of all teams. Um, but we learned C.J. Stroud can run that ball when he wants to. And that was great to see. There were some called quarterback runs, including that one that really put the game on ice when it was 14-7. to And C.J. ran all the way down there to set up, you know, Mayans, you know, clinching touchdown um he scrambled a few times that one early as we all know it was a terrible call by the officials I rewound it just to make sure I wasn't like seeing things like no the ball was across like he jumped out of bounds but the ball was across you know I mean that that was a terrible terrible call by the official to not give him the first down it didn't matter mine got the first down on the next play but um the point is good to see CJ good to see CJ run the ball like he did also good to see Jonah Booker in the house all right let's get Jay Book in here Jay Book how you doing, my friend? How are you, Dave? <laughs> Welcome to the show. I know this is, uh, you know, when they win a Big Ten game on the road, it's like, what, survive in advance, right? I've used the words disappointing, embarrassing. Am I going too far here? Nah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, they got a win, Dave, but it was an ugly win. I still think this team uh, is not training in the right direction in November. November, as Jim Tressel would say, is when you're supposed to be playing your fo- your best football. As we start to head into the Michigan week, Dave, I think it should be a time to where we're looking at this Ohio State team and say, hey, they're hell on wheels. There's still a lot of question marks right now as we get ready to head into that Michigan game. I mean, even though they ran for 200-plus yards today against Northwestern, I still think the offensive line uh, still leaves a lot to be desired there. I still want to see them be able to push around a 
a front that is athletic and as talented as them. Uh, the defense, I still have some question marks, Dave, when it comes to the rush defense here. You saw Northwestern lining up in Wildcat. Um, they had extra offense alignment, and we were still sitting in a six-man soft box when we come up against Michigan, and we know everybody in the country knows they are going to run the football. How will we be able to perform with five DBs on the field? We haven't seen them bringing a third linebacker on the field, Dave. Um, and with Northwestern being able to get that many yards, knowing that they weren't going to be able to throw the football today, that right there leaves a little bit of concern to me when it comes to our rush defense. Talk more about the offensive line. I know you were not very uh, pleased with what you saw from the O-line today. Um, we had high expectations with this group coming into the season. Can they get this fixed? Was this a, Is this a pattern that you've seen from the O-line, or is this just today you were disappointed with them? I mean, one time's a pattern uh, or one time is is just a situation to where you're like, OK, maybe they can get it correct. You look at Penn State two weeks, three weeks now, I think it's a pattern, Dave. I don't think they're getting very good play from the guard position. We thought with Donovan Jackson and Matt Jones being in there, uh, true guards, that they were going to, you know, really elevate that run game. And we're just not seeing it right now. I don't think Matt Jones is all the way healthy. I think that right now we're just not able to knock people off the ball at the point of attack. You look at the run game, you know, sometimes on the fourth and one, third and one, they're running stretch plays as opposed to just getting downfield. Um, and you look at it, teams are cheating up. I, for whatever reason, they have a beat on when Ohio State's going to run the football. So I am concerned about the offensive line, Dave. They're not able to convert on the fourth on the fourth and shorts, the third and shorts here. Even with Mayan in there, a lot of people thought that it was maybe because of Henderson dancing and stuff. But we saw it uh, a little bit today with Mayan that they weren't able to really knock Northwestern off the ball. I mean, it took persistence to really, you know, crack that 100-yard mark. I think Mayan had a career um, career carries, you know, 20, 25 carries just to get over the 100 yard mark. So I am concerned. Um, I don't think what we saw today and what we saw against Penn State and Iowa when it comes to the offensive line is good enough to beat a Georgia or to beat an Alabama or a Clemson who have really athletic, very disciplined, gap sound type of fronts. In order for us to be able to win a national championship, Dave, it starts up front. And right now, the offensive line is taking a step backward as opposed to imposing their will. You mentioned the defense as well. What overall did you see from the defense today that you liked, that you didn't like from this Jim Knowles defense? I mean, it, at the same time, Dave, it's really hard to get a beat on, on the defense as a whole because the conditions were so bad. We all knew that Northwestern wasn't going to throw the football I about lost my mind when they were just lining up consistently in Wildcat. It's basically rugby-style football. I mean, they didn't have anything, you know, to really contribute as far as a threat, and we're sitting in a six-man box when they're running Wildcat. Uh, so to me, I just think that the, the tell of the tape is going to say, hey, can Ohio State stop Michigan's run game? That's all there is to it. That's what it boils down to. What, can we sit in a six-man box with the four defense alignment and still Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg sitting there to be able to stop Quorum in that Michigan rushing attack? That's all I care about. Can they do that? Um, as far as still Chambers, he was hit or miss today. I thought there was a lot of times where he absolutely just took himself out of the play. Um, he was missing a lot of his reads where you know, he'll, he'll read the backside gap and the running backs bouncing outside and there's no one there. 
I thought J.K. Johnson uh, wasn't willing to tackle a whole lot today. He's a young guy. He'll he'll get over that. You know, Northwestern wasn't doing anything as far as throwing the football, so it was really hard to get a beat on the secondary and stuff. But, you know, they made the plays when they needed to make them. There were times there where Northwestern wouldn't get off the field on third down. But that Northwestern team, that is not a very good football team. No way with those type of conditions should a running back go over 100 yards, especially having primarily his carries coming out of the wild out of the wildcat. You're in a wildcat, Dave. You know what's what's coming at you. Crowd the line of scrimmage. I don't care if you need to put nine in the box, sell out, and if they want to trick you with a halfback, halfback pass or something like that, but by all means, trick me. Throw the ball with a halfback with 35 miles per hour win. I'm going to put nine on the line of scrimmage and make you beat me. That's the bottom line. How about C.J. Stroud running that ball today? Called <laughs> quarterback runs, scrambles, yeah. but – Unless Hedden Hooker has a terrible game and CJ plays great against Michigan. I don't know, man. Like now he's gone from the runaway Heisman favorite to I don't know about that. But I mean, obviously, you couldn't imagine like worse conditions for a quarterback than that today right. with the gusting winds and everything. It wasn't like in so many drops from Ohio. So I'm not blaming CJ. I'm actually impressed. Like I like the way he ran the ball. He showed some dog today. Your thoughts on CJ Stroud today? My goodness, Dave. I mean, every Ohio State fan that's watched this game is probably saying, see, I told you, if he just keeps it every once in a while, there's so much green grass that's in front of him. And finally, finally, Dave, he kept it, and boom, lo and behold, there it is, just nothing but green grass. I'm happy that he did it. It it, it puts it on tape. For, for how many games since CJ's been a quarterback, you just saw the defensive line and linebackers just crashing down with no respect to CJ running the football. As somebody said on Twitter, defenses treat him like Peyton Manning when it comes to running the football. They just absolutely sell out when it comes to stopping your running back, especially when they go into a zone type of scheme. But with him being able to keep the ball, show that he can actually make you pay if you don't respect it, putting on tape will make those defensive ends wait just a little bit longer. In theory, it should open up a, a little bit more of the run game whenever you try to go to a zone running scheme there. Um, so in theory, it should open it, open it up with allowing those defensive ends to stay home. But I'm happy he did it. I mean, it was an ugly game. If Hendon Hooker goes in here coming up and plays out, plays out of his mind against Georgia, he's probably going to pass CJ when it comes to the Heisman. At the end of the day, Dave, the Heisman's great. But my mind and my singular focus is Michigan. How will CJ perform if the weather is bad against Michigan? Because I do think that even though the weather was terrible, the wind was um, significant, I do think he missed a lot of throws. I think the wide receivers had some timely drops there. Uh, but if the weather's bad against Michigan, how would this team perform? They're going to need CJ to to. Get those hidden yards, and we've talked about it numerous times, Dave, on on that first – I think it was the first half there early on. Instead of it being a fourth down throwaway, it, and C.J. pulled the ball down, got the hidden yards, made it a third and one where Mayan was able to convert, and the drive just kept on moving. That's what you want to see instead of throwing a, a, you know, a low-risk pass deep into the, into the field, run it. Get those hidden yards and just put it in a manageable situation. So I'm, I am happy that he was able to go ahead and utilize his legs and get it on tape. What do you make of the D tackle rotation? I feel like Michael Hall and Tyreek Williams should be playing more. Um, 
Ty Hamilton did make a play late finally. Yeah. But I, I just what's Larry Johnson doing up front? Is he playing his guys, the right guys enough? I don't know what he was doing, Dave. I mean, we're we're not we're not getting anything, you know, out of those other guys with Hamilton um, and those guys. Just give me Ty Lee, give me Mike Hogg, and give me Vincent, and let's roll with those three guys. Those are your impact players. I mean, Mike Hall, beginning of the season, was absolutely dominant. Put him in a game, let him go, unleash the beast. And I think Tyleek, if you can play him, even Tyleek has been saying for the last couple of weeks, free Tyleek. Free him, Larry. Free 91. Um, yep. <laughs> free 91. It, I, there was one time, Dave, I about lost my mind. It was third and long. Northwestern converts. And there's no JT and there's no Zach Harrison on obvious passing down situations. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are your two best pass rushers off the field on a third and long situation when you know it's Northwestern has to throw the football or they're going to punt the ball back and give Ohio State the football in great field position. But I have no idea what he's doing with that rotation. At one point, there was a uh, pretty much a second-team defensive line. Like, hey, I'm all for playing guys. But when the game is this tight, the season's on the line, you're in a, you're in a battle right now. I need to have good on good. I need my best players out there on the field, and that includes Vincent or Ty League or Mike Hall at the defensive tackle position. Well, so much for getting our uh, backups a lot of playing time. If they're backups <laughs> a lot of playing time for Ohio State, my gosh, we're sitting there saying, like, hopefully, like, at halftime they have this game in the bag and they can get, like, all the backups playing. It's going to be Dallin Hayden Day. It's going to be Chip Trainum Day. It's like – Fortune yeah. tied at halftime and they're playing for their lives in the second half. It's like, oh my gosh. So, so much, like, those are valuable game reps. Like, I don't want to make light of right. it. Like, and I know like a lot of it was, was because of the weather, but again, disappointing on many fronts that Ohio State looked the way they did overall. And they didn't get those backups, valuable game reps, J Book. The, the thing that's starting to concern me, Dave, is the slow starts. I mean, this is three weeks in a row coming out of Dubai that they have started slow. The thing that frustrates me is this team is the most talented team on the field regardless who they're playing against you know you can make an argument for Georgia or Tennessee or Alabama but right now in the Big Ten Ohio State needs to dictate how the game should be going I feel like the last three weeks the opposing team has dictated early on how it should be how the game flow should be going like Ohio State needs to come out hit people in the mouth early Put the pressure on them, make the opposing defense a play on their heels, and force them into our style of game. As opposed to us in these last three games, we're in a hand-to-hand combat until, you know, the third, fourth quarter. Like, it shouldn't be like that. Like, that right there tells me something's not right because we are way more talented than Iowa. Penn State, Northwestern. These games shouldn't be in the fourth quarter. This has to this has to be a coaching reflection to say, hey, why are we starting so slow? And why are we in fourth quarter games against teams that we are clearly more talented than? Like that right there is one of my major concerns are the consistent slow starts. Yeah, so like the fan reaction is mixed. We have some people saying we're being too hard on them. Some people saying that this was a terrible game. I mean, maybe so. Maybe we're doing the right thing. Maybe we're right in the middle. I get it. Like, I get the idea that any win in the Big Ten on the road in those conditions is a good win. Like we saw the 2002 team. Like they would have taken a 14 point win. That would have felt like a blowout for the 2002 team. So I get that. At the same time, like I want to see Ohio State play better than that, even in in bad weather. 
there were times even going with the wind, they didn't look good. And, and that, and you know, the weather doesn't excuse the running game, not looking good. And the offensive line getting pushed back against, you know, Northwestern J book had a D tackle starting D tackle at 260 pounds. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're being too hard on them. No, I mean, if, if you're expecting this team to win it all and hold the trophy up, you don't supposed to be in dog fights against Northwestern. That's the bottom line. Um, you look at you look at the weather conditions. People can say whatever you want about the weather, but if you got a running game, regardless of the weather, your running game travels on the road. It travels in the snow. It travels in the wind. It travels in the sunshine. Right now, Ohio State. They do not have a consistent running game, and that starts up front. So at the end of the day, slow starts or not, that this is the type of game that you go in there and you knock them out early and you get your backups in there and you get those younger guys in there. We've been battling injuries all year. There is no reason, regardless of whether or what you want to say, that this should have been a fourth-quarter game against a 1-7 and seven Northwestern team. All right, my friend, I'll get you out of here. You go enjoy the uh, Georgia-Tennessee uh, game. I appreciate you hopping on here and taking time out of your schedule uh, to jump on here and talk about uh, it was a much closer game than what we expected. He is Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Booker. I appreciate it, my friend. All right, take care, Dave. Thank you, sir. Great hearing from Jay Book. Live from Scottsdale, Arizona, we will hear from Steve Hellwagon, and we will hear from Patrick Murphy live from Ryan Field in Evanston, Illinois, after post-game interviews. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it didn't look good there for a while. I mean, it looked like – I never really thought Ohio State was going to lose the game, but, like, at least they won this game and it wasn't like they had to win it by, like, a last-second field goal or they only won it by one score. At least they won it by two scores. I get it. I mean, when when the weather's that bad, survive in advance. Again, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Beat Michigan, go 13-0 that are in. We all know. It's not like, oh, they had a close game against Northwestern on the road. Like, it's, it's not going to matter. I get that. But still – I just want to see them, you know, they, they preached all off season. We're going to be able to run it when we, when the other team knows we're going to run it, you know, we're going to be more physical than the other team. We're going to be tougher, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of that was missing today. Just can't sugarcoat it. Just can't sugarcoat it. So, um, you know, let's hope some of these injuries, what I'm hearing about Travion Henderson, in case you're wondering, you know, he's, he's been in a walking boot, you know, precautionary. I mean, he heard it early in the season and keeps re-injuring it. Um, we're hearing, you know, plantar fasciitis, um, could be what the deal is, maybe turf toe, something like that. You know, those really, really nagging injuries, as we all know from following football, especially for running back. So um, my guess is today he could have played if it was a huge game. Um, and, you know, but they're trying to give him rest. But then again, it's not like they just – we had some people saying, oh, it's load management. He, you know, he's not really hurt. Like, no, no, he – Travion Henderson is definitely nursing a foot injury. And um, Mayan, thank goodness that – hand injury at Penn state wasn't like as serious as, as it looked at the time. Um, you know, it's not nothing, obviously. I mean, it's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's something that I, not really to be concerned about. We saw Zeke Elliott play with a wrap on his hand, a broken bone, in his hand throughout 2014. And Zeke Elliott had one of the best running back seasons in Ohio state history in 2014, um, led the team to the national championship. Um, so great that Mayan, you know, even though he's not at 100%, he's been dealing with a knee injury all year. And uh, now that, you know, left-hand injury, at least he's okay. But um, that's what I'm hearing about Travion Henderson, in case you're wondering. So, um, I'm, I imagine we'll see him next week against Indiana. Maybe they'll hold him out till Maryland. But I imagine this was a thing where he could have played. It's just a nagging foot injury. It's nothing new. And they decided to give him an, an extra week. 
Uh, it's too bad we didn't see Dallin Hayden and uh, Trip train him today. I was really looking forward to seeing Dallin Hayden and Chip train him today. Uh, like we were talking about with Jay Book. It would have been really nice if, uh, you know, as we all predicted, Ohio State had this game in hand by halftime and we saw some of those backups. So um, I'm going to get some questions here pretty soon. So those are some of the things that we learned from this team. They just, you know, I wrote down, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you guys say we'll, we'll disagree with this because we just have to look at the 2002 team or even the 2014 team. They lost at home to Virginia Tech. But this does not have the look of a national championship team to me. Now, there doesn't seem to be a juggernaut in college football this year. So I still think Ohio State's very, very much in the running to be the national champion. But I did write that in my notes. It doesn't look like they don't it, it don't have the look of a national championship team. Now, can they get that rectified? Of course they can. Um, and again, it helps that there's not like a juggernaut team. Like we saw Alabama in 2020. I'd consider them a juggernaut team. Like LSU in 2019. Um, Ohio State in 2019. I mean, Ohio State was a juggernaut in 2019. Make no mistake about it. Go back and look at that team. So we learned a lot today. All right, I want to get to some questions. I'm know I'm sure many of you fired some questions in earlier, but um, let's get to some questions. We're going to go start right. Uh, first one's a fire in right now. We're going to get to it. Michael saying, "What I learned: Ohio State will not win the Big Ten and won't beat scum and as soft as butter." We'll see. I still think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan and will win the Big Ten, but I, I get it. Um, I get it. Ken Takahut saying the 2019 team was ridiculous. It sure was. It was it was fantastic. It was a fantastic team. A lot of people saying finesse. Jim White's posted that like five times, I think. Finesse. Yeah. That was the concern was that Ohio State would turn into like a Big 12 team. You know. I don't know. I mean, they talked all offseason about being tough and being physical and being able to run the ball when they needed to. And then, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding. I'm just not seeing it from them. You guys aren't either. Sean saying, Tony Alford stinks. Our running backs juke way too much. Tony Alford's actually one of the best running back coaches in the nation. Great recruiter. Great guy. No. I'm not going to agree with that. Ryan on Facebook saying, you're on crack if you think we can beat Michigan. Okay. All right. We'll see about that. I love it. Joey on Facebook, like Woody said, quote, the only stat that matters is the win. Statistic that matters is the win. Right? I mean, in the end, that, that is all that matters. If they go 13-0, they're in the playoff. And if they win two more games, they're the national champion. That is all that matters. But, we, you know, we're breaking down what we saw. You know, we can't, we can't sugarcoat everything. Like, you know, it's just – you're favored by 38, 37 and a half by, by kickoff. Everybody knew it was going to be windy. It wasn't like that was a surprise and rainy. And, yeah, Eric on Facebook, Ohio State was 4 of 15 on third down. And that was after getting their act together. <laughs> they were worse than that for a while. They couldn't get anything. They were like 0 for 6 on their first six uh, first down or third down conversion attempts. It was just – it was really, really, really bad. Really bad. Robin on Facebook, we've got two weeks to get Jackson Smith and Jig, but Travion Mayan, Cam Brown, and Court Williams – Fully healthy. You want to you want to get them full go playing time during the Maryland game before the game. Yeah, I don't know about Court Williams. I don't know if, if they're going to get him back. And even if they do, like, is there going to be like enough, you know, playing time for him at this point? Um, I don't know about that. But I agree with you. I agree. I agree with your sentiment for sure. I agree with it for sure. David on YouTube. Dave, what is up with Jack Sawyer? Not seeing it at all. Yeah, I mean, of the of the ballyhooed four-man defensive line class from 20, 
21, the sophomores, the second year guys, like he's been kind of the guy that's, you know, been the least impressive of that group this year. So I still like him though. He's just, he's still a young guy. He's just getting overshadowed by some of his, his teammates right now, but I certainly expected more out of Jack Sawyer this year. I did. Absolutely. RM is saying Jack Sawyer looks slow. He bulked up a lot. You do wonder if he lost a little bit of quickness because he went from like 240 to 265 in one offseason. He's jacked up. No pun intended. A couple good points here by Scott on Facebook. We always get everyone's best shot. Also, he's concerned about run blocking. I think both of those things are true. Like you got to give Northwestern credit and you got to remember that every team Ohio State plays, it's their national championship game. That, that team's national championship game. So we got to factor that in the win. All oh, that's real. It's not excuses. That's real. These teams get up for Ohio State like they get up for no other team. Northwestern had the bye week to prepare, the wind, the all that's real. But also, Ohio State did not play well. Okay. Both things can be true. They should have won this game by, in my estimation, 28. Okay. Not 14. And the run blocking is a concern. It is a concern. How about, you know, when there was third and one? They run, they run Mayan, get stuffed. Fourth and one, run Mayan, get stuffed. Against a one and eight team. A one and eight team in Northwestern. One and seven at the time. But yeah, I mean, a, the worst team in the Big Ten. So all you do is talk about we're going to run the ball when they know we're going to run it. And you can't even do that against Northwestern. It's a big concern. Tennessee up 3-0 on Georgia, but Georgia going in, looking like they're about ready to score. I bet you Georgia wins that game. We'll see. Hopefully LSU wins tonight, and hopefully uh, Notre Dame wins tonight. We'll see what happens. And hopefully Rutgers wins tonight. I'm kidding. They're not going to win tonight. Aaron on Facebook. What happened to the bubble screens today with the wind? I don't know, they were so ineffective with the bubble screens last week. I think maybe Ryan just wanted to scrap those. Mike on Facebook, Ohio State's worst enemy is Ohio State. I agree with that. I agree with that. Jerry on YouTube, give it to CJ to run. Yeah, how about that? How about we talked about the crazy leg Stroud? How about that? All right, so let's give let's everybody give CJ a hand. Let's go. Everybody, everybody give CJ Stroud a hand. I love it. When's CJ going to run? And then he – now, did we think he'd have more rushing yards than passing yards ever in a game? No. <laughs> Other than, I guess, that Michigan State game is true freshman year. You know what I mean, though, this year? How about that? He had more rushing yards than passing yards today, CJ Stroud. But give, give CJ a hand. He showed he's – he's a, a, that's the thing. He's athletic. Like, it'd be one thing if he was a statue back there. Because people have said, well, does Tom, Tom Brady doesn't run and Peyton Manning didn't run. Those guys weren't athletic. CJ's fast and athletic. Like, let's go. He doesn't need to take hits. That's why I like him getting out of bounds and getting down, which we saw he did today. Love it. Absolutely love it. There you go. Ryan on Facebook is getting it. Everybody give CJ a hand. Everybody give CJ Stroud a hand. Let's go. I love it. I absolutely love it. And maybe Hendon Hooker will have a bad game, and then CJ will be right there for the Heisman. Who else is going to win it unless Bryce Young goes off? But he's missed a couple games. That's going to hurt Bryce Young's stats a lot. Steve on Facebook saying CJ was forcing a lot of throws. He certainly was. He's lucky there wasn't a couple interceptions early. He was definitely forcing throws early. I did think he settled down and was throwing the ball away and being a little bit more cautious with the football after, you know, those uh, those few first few drives where he was really lucky he didn't get an interception. 
Um, but we've seen that. Um, yeah, there we go. We got people giving CJ a, a, his rightful a standing ovation. <laughs> John saying about time, CJ. I really think, to be fair to CJ, I think this, the staff certainly last year when CJ was dealing with the, the bum throwing shoulder was telling him not to run. At least don't run unless you, you know, it's, you know, you absolutely, absolutely have to. Basically, basically telling him don't run is my guess. Um, so I think you have to acknowledge that, that it's not all on CJ. It's not like the staff was like encouraging him to run. He was refusing to run. I bet it was the opposite. So but it was great to see that today. Mike on Facebook, who is behind Matt Jones? That would be Enoch Vamahi from Hawaii, who actually, when he had to go in there against Notre Dame, did a nice, uh, they did a little power out to the left, a little, you know, pull, right guard pull to the left, and he led the way, and bam, up there for about 10 yards. For Travion, I believe it was. I don't think it was mine. I believe it was Travion in the Notre Dame game. So, uh, yeah. So, it would be Enoch Vamahi. If Matt, Matt Jones is banged up, so he's playing through an injury right now. Steven on YouTube, why bring Chip Traynham to Evanston if you don't plan on using him? I think they planned on using him, Steven. I, I think Ryan Day probably wasn't thinking the game would be in doubt in the second half. None of us did, right? I guess you could say give Notre Dame credit or give Notre Dame, give uh, Northwestern credit or give Notre Dame credit too. It did feel like the Notre Dame game, didn't it? It also felt like the 2020 Big Ten Championship game. All that was missing was Trey Sermon running for 350 yards or whatever. Um, but, yeah. Um, Robert Lack on YouTube. I think Ryan Day is the best Ohio State coach we've ever had. I think people might want to give him the benefit of the doubt. All I know is I'm not going to be joining in on that crow pie with y'all. I like Ryan Day a lot. Now, he needs to prove it on November 26th. I do get the feeling that he is saving some things for Michigan. Probably some things that he was saving that he's had had a show today. But um, that's my guess. Mike, thanks you. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Mike saying thanks for the show on Facebook. Thank you for all of you for tuning into the show. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not like wrapping up right now. We're still going to hear from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy. Um, Charles on YouTube saying today does not feel like a win. It feels like a win. I mean, it just feels like it's just, you know, one of those wins where it's like, eh. You know, need to play better than that. But um, then again, to some extent, I mean, we've followed football long enough. This Stuff like this is going to happen, even in national championship teams. Stuff like this is going to happen. So it, it it feels like a win. It just is not the uh, impressive win that I was hoping that they would show. I predicted 38 to nothing. So I was barely off there. Way off. Um, but... Um, all right. Uh, that's, I saw this comment from Jason I wanted to get to. Jason on YouTube. I like Ryan Day, but he is stubborn. He'd get his stats if he'd secure leads steady at the beginning and punch after we're up. I don't think he's going for stats, really. I mean, the first play of the game was a run, and then it was a holding on Ohio State. You could call holding on pretty much any play. And, of course, the first play of the game, Ohio State gets called for offensive holding. And what was a good run by Mayan Williams? I don't think Ryan was playing for stats. I really don't. I just think sometimes he just – I don't know. He's just obviously not perfect. I think sometimes he overthinks it. Lynn's Breezy OH, loyal listener. What's up, Lynn's? Somebody in that presser definitely needs to give CJ the praise since they always let him hear about his downfalls. I agree. I do feel like CJ is talked up a lot in the media, too, when we get a chance to speak with him. 
Um, I'm obviously talking to you guys right now. I am not at the post-game presser, uh, but uh, hopefully he is getting some love. And when we do get a chance to speak with him, like we got a chance to speak with CJ um, like this past Wednesday, not this past Wednesday, I guess it was the previous Wednesday. And um, I'd say most of the questions are like, you know, how do you deal with all of the success? And, like, you know, people talking about him being a great guy. So, you know, I'm sure some of you see some of the negative questions, maybe some people questioning him and like kind of jump on that. Like, how dare you? I get that. Defend your guy, right? You can pick on my brother, but I can't pick on my brother. I get that. I mean, I can pick on my brother, but you can't pick on my brother. Get the the phrase wrong. I can pick on my brother, but you can't pick on my brother. So I get it. But um, I must point out, I think most of the media, it's like very um, nice questions for CJ. And rightfully so. He's a classy young man and he's excellent at his craft. But if he has to get some hard questions, that's fine too. That goes with the territory. and, And I think he handles them very well. He got a lot of flack last year when he said, my job's not to run the ball. He didn't mean that he like, and people like jumped on that. Like, oh, he's scared to run. Like, it's not what he meant. He was probably saying what the coaching staff told him, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, let's give the defense some credit here. Robert on YouTube, thank you for saying this. We gave up seven points and stopped Northwestern on four fourth downs. That's right, four fourth downs. Buckeyes stuffed them. Only gave up seven points, stuffed them on four fourth downs. Now, Northwestern has a terrible offense. I predicted a shutout. So, but ser- seriously, thank you for saying that, Robert, because, you know, um, I thought overall it was a good good performance from the defense. Still waiting on Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy from the very little tiny interview room there at, at Ryan Field. They've got like 10 seats in there. Ohio State has like the big biggest media contingent of any sport in America, pro or college. I, I'm not I'm not joking. Like we like fill up the team room when we're in there for Ryan Day's press conference every week. Um, people are gonna be packing into that little uh, Northwestern. In fact, they're in there right now. That North little Northwestern um, visiting post game press conference room. It's like a closet. Good luck with that. That's why you see so many like, interviews like outside and stuff because you can't even fit in there. Let's get some more uh, questions in here. Scott on Facebook, Ohio State's defense is worlds better than last year. Michigan's quorum is better and has me a little worried. Yeah, I mean, listen, Michigan's better than what I thought they'd be. Glad that game's here in Columbus, though. I'll say that much. Love that it's at the horseshoe. Anthony on Facebook, stop blaming CJ for the team's performances. Yeah, I think overall CJ played well. Yeah, I think you're just making a statement and not um, disagreeing with anything that was said on the show, or maybe you are, I don't know. But I agree with what you're saying. Um, and beyond that, as far as stop blaming CJ, how about just like praise what we're seeing like as, at one of the best quarterbacks we're ever going to see at Ohio State? You know, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty impressive. Garrick on YouTube, Murko's and CJ's legs won that game today. Murko had the one late where he kicked it out of bounds. Other than that, I was thinking, man, yeah, how many touchbacks did he have? Now, the one where it was a 77-yarder, I'll take a touchback on that, 57-yard net. But uh, the one early, that was kind of bad luck. He put it like on like the five or whatever, and it rolled in the end zone against the wind somehow. But, um, yeah, CJ's legs, whoever would have thought that, that CJ Stroud's legs would have won a game. And they did pretty much. Yeah, hangry veteran YouTube. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you brought this up. 
Um, I wrote this down about the receivers did not help CJ Stroud out today. Hangry veteran saying Fleming has taken a step back in the hands department. I totally agree. That was not a good showing by him at all today. Oh, look at this. Patrick Murphy live from Ryan Field, and it's not raining. It is windy. Oh, it is. It's sunny now. It's and actually it's warmer than it was during the game, but the wind is still. I came specifically out here, so maybe you can hear them see some of the wind down there because it's it's nuts. The sky looks cool, if anything. Yeah, yeah. it does from Ryan Field. All right, so where do you come down on this win? Is it uh, – you might say somewhere in between. Is it like – Listen, survive in advance, on the road in the Big Ten, team coming off a bye. You know, if Ohio State's 13-0, no one's going to remember they beat Northwestern by 14 or 48. It won't matter. Or is this like, uh-oh, this is like a big concern for this team, but they're favored by 38 and they beat Northwestern by 14. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely somewhere in between because on one hand, when you're playing in weather like this, I mean, we just talked to a few of the players – First of all, the setup here post game is terrible, so I was not able to get into the the post game room I was here just much. About that. Yeah, it's I it's so tiny. Closet. They, they're in a yeah. So Steve was in, Steve can talk more about what Ryan Day and what CJ Stroud said. Um, I talked to Emeka Ibuka outside the the room, and he said he's never played in anything like this. He grew up in Seattle, and he said the worst thing he's ever played was a select team in in it, essentially AAU, the football version of that. Um, in Utah, but it was just snow. And he said they talked about the wind all week. Players probably thought that it was going to be windy, but nothing like this. I mean, standing on the sidelines, you you almost get blown over by, by the wind um, today. It was, it was something I've never experienced before. And I've been to Chicago plenty of times on some windy days. But I think on the, the flip side of that, there are things in this game that may come up and bite this team in a, in a game like Michigan down the road. You know, you have to be able to stop the run better than you did today. You have to be able to run the ball efficiently earlier in the game. Um, you know, I think when you're able to throw the ball, that changes things. And if they've been able to throw the ball today, I don't think we're talking about this because I think they, they moved the ball down the field. But, you know, I think, I think there definitely are some concerns. You know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter during the game talking about toughness. This team has preached being a tough team all year, right? And early in that game, they were just getting bullied at, at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's all toughness. And, you know, that, that toughness thing's going to be something that comes into play against Michigan. And, you know, I don't want to go too far into the Michigan game because, you know, we're still a few weeks away from that. But that's obviously the next real challenge that this team has, and you can't come out and play like you did today. Even, you know, the weather conditions may be bad that day, too. Who knows? And you've got to be able to play better when, when you face some of adversity, whether you can adjust to or whether you can manage it or not. I'm already going to look ahead to the 21-day forecast here. I'm sure that'll be reliable and yeah. to see what, like, what we're in for on November 26th. Jeez. All this talk, as you said, all offseason about being able to run the ball when they need to run the ball. Um, you know, the weather is the same for both teams. you got to handle it better. That, that's why I come away disappointed today. What did – I know you couldn't get into the postgame presser as much as you wanted to. What Did you hear anything? What did Ryan Day say? Was he, you know, was he positive? Was he surviving in advance? What What can you tell us from the postgame presser, if anything? Yeah, I think – I think – I heard some of his radio uh, radio interview with, with the guys on, on the fan, and he said that this was like going to the dentist, and, uh, which was an interesting comparison. And, and Steve will probably be able to tell you more about what he said, but – I think they're happy to get out of here with a win, knowing that, look, this wasn't good enough 
you know, I mean, Mecca Buka said that they don't, you know, come in with a preconceived idea of, you know, beating an opponent by a ton. They think they can beat everybody by a ton, but they have to respect their opponent. And, you know, today it was, it was not what they expected. And so, you know, there's, there's plenty to work on here. And I think these last couple of weeks have definitely given them more to work on than I would have guessed coming into that Iowa game a few weeks ago. We'll get Steve Hellwagon here in a minute. Steve, hello. Hello, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing um, great. Um, Hanging in. Patrick, um, a few more things. Um, just what do you make of some of the injuries? Are you concerned, like, long-term for Ohio State? Do you think the Travion Henderson situation was just he could have played today? You know, he, he was in a, a walking boot, but that's been precautionary for a few weeks now. He's been in a walking boot. Um, what do you think about Travion? Do you think that's a, a long-term concern? Do you think he's going to be good to go next week? I would imagine that he is doing okay and that they, you know, as they have all year, they've been cautious with the guys, right? Um, you know, I think if, if there's games that you know you need these guys in, I think a lot of these guys could have played. We saw Michael Hall today uh, was, was still, it seemed limited. He didn't play a ton, which I think really helps if he can get in there and, and be on regular snaps. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, yeah, I, I think they're, they are aware of how they're managing the injury situation. I also think some of the injury talk, at least on, on social media and on our message boards, is a little overblown. Look, Ohio State has the same number of injuries as most teams in the country. It's unfortunate that they've missed some important guys, but I think Texas A&M is, is basically rewriting their starting lineup today because they have so many guys out with injuries and suspensions. So. I don't think Ohio State's in a, in a terrible place. Obviously, you have the luxury of being able to go from Travion Henderson to a guy like Mayan Williams when you are the Buckeyes, but it didn't. It doesn't sound like that is a too serious of a thing. All right, Patrick, we'll get you out of here, man. Thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it, Patrick Murphy. Hey, real, Ryan, quick, Ryan Field. real quick, real uh, quick, yeah. CJ Stroud, running quarterback. I think that uh, everybody's been waiting for it. He uh, that was. I don't know if they were saving that for. Michigan or something because they clearly had those plays in the playbook but uh you know they realized they had to pull it out today and look I think he he's still not the most uh natural looking runner but I think he uh he got the job done today that was that was a big part of getting this win no doubt about it uh I love seeing that out of CJ Stroud love seeing that I I think you're right I think probably they were saving some of those plays for Michigan and Ryan's like screw it we got to use it now because we're in a dog fight here in, in freaking Evanston all right, well, you get out of but here. It, also, it, it gives Michigan something to think about, too. I mean, I, you know, just because you've shown it doesn't mean it doesn't still help you. So, all right, Steve will close it out. He's, I'm sure he's got some stuff to say. I'm sure he does. Thank you, Patrick Murphy. Appreciate it. Yep. Patrick See you, guys. Live from Ryan Field. Now we bring in Steve Hellwagon, also live from Ryan Field. Steve, welcome into the show. Um, before I ask you a question, just your overall thoughts on this game. Buckeyes survived 21-7. Yeah, these were crazy conditions here today in Evanston. Um, one of these games where it was blowing. Uh, we left the hotel this morning about 8 a.m. Central time, three hours before the game. It took us almost an hour to get here with traffic and everything, what you expect in Chicago. But when I walked out of the hotel at 8 a.m. this morning, I got hit with a blast. And it wasn't I mean, it's not cold. I mean, it's like 60 degrees. Well, my thing says it's now 51. But, I mean, the wind is just so heavy, it knocks you over. I mean, it just – that's how big the wind was here today. 
and how much of an impact it had on the game. I think it had a tremendous impact on this game, obviously. And, uh, you know, CJ just, he didn't have it early on. He was over for his first five. His guys were dropping balls. Uh, the running game, it seemed to me like they made a decision that Mayan Williams was the only running back they were going to use in this game because it's too close of a game. It means too much. We can't put somebody else in there who's hardly played and risk them making a mistake. Well, there's a real trade-off there because Mayan Williams doesn't appear to me to be completely healthy. And it's third and one, he gets slammed for no game. Fourth and one, slammed for no game. Third and one, slammed for no game. Over and over and over again. You know, um, eventually they had to involve Emeka Yuka in the run game. Eventually they had to involve C.J. Stroud in the run game. And eventually Mayan did in the second half cut one outside and outrace everybody uh, to the uh, to the end zone. But it was a laboring process for him today to get his 111 yards or whatever it was that he ended up with. So I give him a lot of credit for sticking with it and, and being that that lead uh, back for these guys that, uh, you know, obviously they didn't have. But, uh, you know, I just uh, – I think it would have been a lot simpler had they put somebody else in the game, uh, you know, and done some other things. I mean, thrown the ball to the running back perhaps. If everybody's running upfield to key on the running back – you know, run him out on a little flare pattern, maybe one once in a while or something. I, it, the passing game to me made no sense. They were trying to throw the ball downfield in a 40 mile per hour wind. That that made no sense to me. And if you on the very first series, you get behind third down and 14. And it was obvious, you know, when that pass was no good. Uh, you get behind them down a distance in this game, you're going to punt. I mean, it was that was what was coming up. So to me. I didn't understand why they didn't come up with more ways to, to keep this simple to where there were shorter pitches and catches to where the guys could turn and make plays and that type of thing. So um, I was a little bit uh, miffed or you know concerned about that. Uh, people are mad about the physicality. People are mad about all these other things. And, um, you know, it, 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 it was an ugly game, no doubt about it. What was the vibe in the locker room? Not the locker room. Obviously, it's not a bowl game. The only time we get to go to the locker room is if it's a college football playoff game or a you know bowl game or a national championship game. What was the vibe in the the little tiny little closet there, the post game interview room? Was it surviving in advance and Ohio State was feeling good about it? Was it a little bit of melancholy? What what was the vibe there in the uh, post game press conference? Well, I think they realized that they didn't play very well, and yet. Uh, they were able to get out of here with the win, 21 to 14, or 21 to 7, rather. I don't want to mess up the final score. And, uh, you know, that's the sign of a good team is to win on a day when you didn't have your best football. Uh, very disconcerting that for the third or fourth game in a row, they didn't get off to a very good start. It was the third time this season an opponent has scored first against Ohio State. And listen, no one is expecting them to play lights out and beat everybody 50 to nothing because that's not realistic. I mean, this is not a video game. This is not fantasy football. This is not, you know, statistics decide who wins the games or anything. You have to go out there on the field and win it. And, uh, you know, they eventually were able to do that. But it was really very much a struggle from point A to point B for them today to be able to do that. And uh, I think they came out of here better because of that, because you can't replicate the kind of struggle that these guys were in today in practice with the conditions. 
and with the opponent that, you know, I know that Northwestern's not any good. I know they're one and seven, but three weeks ago, this was the exact same scenario at Penn State, terrible weather, and Penn State beat this team 17 to seven. And Penn State, you know, we feel they're they're a, a quality enough team. So this game looked a lot like that game. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, had the conditions been perfect, Ohio State probably wins this game easily, but uh, they just, they weren't. Um, I don't know. I guess I want to go back and rewatch it, or if I really want to go back and rewatch it, I don't know if I want to, but to get some ideas of what's wrong or what, what could be wrong, uh, maybe that would be good. But they found a way to win uh, on a day when they weren't playing their best game. What do you think about this offensive line? There's a lot of people down on the offensive line. Uh, we had Jay Book on earlier. I didn't think the offensive line played well. There was times when, like, yeah, Northwestern knew they were going to run the ball, but Ohio State talked all offseason, Steve, about we need to run the ball when they know we're going to run the ball. And, you know, we have a lot of commenters that are they're very down on the offensive line. What are your thoughts on this O-line? Oh, I think they could have played better. I think by the time the game ended up, though, they won more battles than they lost, which is good. Uh, but, yeah, I thought the first half was just uh, – and, again, Coach Day said they were putting so many extra players in the box, and uh, Ohio State, you know, couldn't equate for all of it. So uh, the quarterback run helped them equate for some of that in the second half. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I, I want to say that, that they're fine, but at the same time, I think the first half just was really – a tough one. I think Northwestern took the fight to Ohio State. And, you know, it seemed like they were the team that was 8-0 trying to play to get to a national championship. And Ohio State was the, the team going through the motions, having just, you know, quote, proved themselves last week at Penn State that they just thought, well, we'll throw the helmets out there. They seemed ill-prepared at times. Uh, they seemed uh, unenthused, ill-prepared. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to be too uh, too dang negative about it, but uh, you know, I think they could have played uh, could have played much better than they did today. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think they'll go back and and look at the film and say, you know, uh, we, as you said, we've we've got to do better when we want to run the football. We've got to be able to do better. What did you see from Ohio State's defense today? What stood out to you? What did you like? What did you not like from Jim Knowles and the defense today? Well, what I didn't like was it's third and long and uh, the quarterback run was never dealt with. He converted four or five first downs with his own running plays and nobody had the quarterback. And I know Evan Hall was giving him some fits because he was getting six and seven yards and falling forward and, you know, making it hard. They were trying to trying to gang tackle Evan Hall to the expense of not uh, tackling the quarterback or not assigning anybody it seemed uh, to be with the quarterback and uh, he made him pay. And I just think about Michigan and McCarthy and what he would do and Bryce Young and Alabama and what he would do and whoever else. I mean, they're going to have a field day against this off or defense if they don't come up with a way to deal with the quarterback run. So that was the first thing. The other thing I didn't like was in the Wildcat when Evan Holes lined up in the Wildcat, he is not going to throw the football. And yet uh, uh, one of our, uh, media, one of the media members here, a guy that, that's a radio guy from Northwest Ohio, just leaned in and said they're playing too far back. The safeties are playing 12 and 15 yards off the line of scrimmage with Evan Hull lined up at the Wildcat. 
they're not going to make a play on anything back there. Uh, you know, it's, it's, if he's lined up in the wildcat, he's, you need to cover every gap and you need to make sure that he can't squirt through there. And too many times it just seemed like they were very slow reacting to the wildcat. And it, it, after the 10th time they did it, you just wonder, you know, will somebody please wake up Jim Knowles because what he's calling here is not, not going to stop this play because he's going to get the seven yards. He's going to get the first down. And so to me, those were two glaring problems that I had in this game, but for them to play a 60 minute game, only give up seven points, one good drive by a Northwestern. They looked fabulous on that one drive. They should bottle that, that drive and, and send it to, you know, the museum here in Evanston, because that may have been their drive of the year, given how poorly this season has gone. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that was the highlight of, of the game for them was that drive. Let's give you a couple questions, Steve, and we'll get you out of here, my friend. Um, from zone six on YouTube, did ransom get injured? Proctor played a lot. Did Lathan get injured, Steve? You know, I think that's a possibility. Uh, I did see uh, Proctor in there later in the game, and Proctor did make a couple nice plays, I thought, later in the game. Uh, I think that is a possibility. Uh, you know, you have to understand that <clears throat> where we are, they don't tell us anything about the injury situation with the players. You're kind of left with your binoculars to look down there and see what you can see and, and deduce what you can deduce about it. And uh, – I honestly never heard anything about him. I know Denzel Burke may have gone out for a moment, but came back in. So, uh, yeah, that'd be terrible if Lathan Ransom is out for any uh, particular amount of time. But uh, I, I did notice the same thing, that Proctor was in the game, and he actually, I think, the time on the bench has helped him maybe to see the game a little bit better and to kind of fit in there a little bit better when he gets his opportunities. So, uh, you know, again, uh, I thought, you know, Ransom – Hickman, uh, Cody Simon, uh, even Nate Ote got in there a couple times and made a couple nice plays. Uh, those four. Ote, Ote. Ote, Ote, Steph Ote. He got in there on the uh, fourth down play. Uh, those four guys stopped, uh, I think it was Hull, <clears throat> after they'd stopped Sullivan on the previous play uh, with the quarterback sneak, then uh, they stopped Hull on the fourth down play for no gain. And that was a very much a pleasant surprise because they hadn't been stopping Hull. Up to that point, he had been breaking through there for three and four yards out of the Wildcat. And uh, I figured this is an easy first down conversion, and it wasn't. He barely got back to the line of scrimmage. So uh, there wasn't any doubt about that one. But, uh, man, what a tough, tough football game, just, you know, knocking heads. And, uh, you know, I had a guy you know, on Twitter say, well, Ryan Day needs to win the Michigan game or he's out. And I'm like, the guy's 29-1 and one in the Big Ten and excuse me, you know, what part of this, as I point out toward this stadium and uh, Lake Michigan, as you can see it here, just how wonderful this Ryan is. Field. Ryan Field, yes. I mean, what part of this have we not have we have we not known about for the last 100 years? This is what Big Ten football looks like. And I go back the one I always bring up, Drew Brees, 2000, throw the ball over the lot. So you go to Michigan State, they're two and eight, and Michigan State hands you your helmet on a blustery, crappy day. Drew Brees played the NFL for 20 years, lost the game in situation just like this, just like this that we saw here today. So, you know, that just uh, – Troy Smith, his Heisman Trophy winning season, 2006, late season game at Illinois. Illinois was terrible. 
and Ohio State won the game 17 to 10 and was lucky to get out of there with the win. Situation just didn't have the rain, but just as much wind as we saw here today. So, you know, this is what Big Ten football in November looks like. And um, it's good for them that they're back home for two of the last three games, obviously, uh, Indiana, then at Maryland, then Michigan at home. So hopefully things will, will roll their way going forward. Let's get you one more question to get you out of here, Steve. This is from Tom on YouTube. Steve, what adjustments do you think the run game needs for Ohio State? Well, you're not you're you're not going with all of your stuff here. I mean, you had one running back, one. Uh, your quarterback reluctantly finally ran the football, and uh, it sounded like it was Ryan Day who was telling C.J. Stroud not to run the ball because they wanted to keep him out of harm's way. That Stroud has told them that he would run the ball. He's not the one who's reluctant for him to run the ball. So that may put that whole bit to rest. I was coming up on the elevator with another guy, and he said, I think they maybe wanted to save those quarterback run plays for Michigan. Well, now they're out of the – the cat's out of the bag. That, that uh, this cat can run it if he needs to run it. And it would have been nice if he had been the one that punched it in down there to make it 21-7. to 7. That would have been very fitting given he had the 40 – four-yard run to get it down there. So um, they were playing left-handed today with no Travion Henderson, who does make a difference. They are thunder and lightning, and I think they complement each other very well, as we saw early in the season. And got to get everybody healthy, and I think that uh, that that's part of it. And as I said, they were putting a square peg into a round hole, trying to get have Mayan Williams, you know, Try and try and run the full offense or something here. He's a short, short yardage back, and that's about all he's going to be. And uh, I mean, he's really great in that role, but to expect him to be the guy who you know gets you eight yards a carry every time, that's going to be hard to expect because they're keying on him so much. I think that if Henderson gets in there and softens him up, then that guy gets in there and runs over people, then then you got something. So I don't know, I. To me, you got to get healthy and you got to get back to being able to run the ball when you want to run it. Second half obviously was much better. They wore them down. And uh, man, uh, this was Big Ten football. I mean, this was, it is what it is. I know, I know the, the Stephen A. Smiths and the Pollocks and the, uh, oh, Reese Davises and all those numbnuts are going to, go on with the three SEC teams in the playoff, especially after the way Ohio State struggled today. But, you know, hey, just win your games, you'll be fine. Thank you very much, Steve Hellwagon. Great stuff from Ryan Field. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, bud. Be good. All right, thanks. Steve Hellwagon live from Ryan Field. We heard from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Ryan Field. We heard from Jay Book earlier in the show. Any final questions before we get out of here? Got a lot of comments. Yeah, Georgia's up 14-3. to three. Still in the first quarter. Late first quarter, Georgia's jumped on Tennessee 14-3. to three. Not a huge surprise in my book. Not a huge surprise. So, yeah, I agree with this. We have RM on YouTube saying not getting Dallin in today was disappointing. I agree with that. I wonder if he's dealing with something nagging because I thought we'd at least see him just just to even in the first half when the game's on the line, get him in there. Um, especially we know Chop is banged up. I don't know if Dallin's dealing with something too. I have no idea, but that, that was a surprise that we didn't see Dallin in there at all. I could almost get it with Chip because Chip is, uh, you know, 
you know, he played running back at Arizona State, hasn't played running back yet at Ohio State other than one carry, um, whereas Dallin's had several carries this year. Um, but that was a surprise that we didn't see Dallin. I, I do, you know, I thought we'd see both those guys a lot. Scott on YouTube saying he wanted to see Chip. We all did. Didn't we all predict that, you know, game over at halftime? Pat Fitzgerald had other ideas, didn't he? Game over at halftime and then get Chip and uh, Dallin a lot of carries in the second half. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Rusty on YouTube saying Chip was taking the number two tailback spot in warmups. I wonder if Dallin's banged up. I do wonder if he's banged up. Or just Chip is why they feel like he's better. Could be that. Because we have Rightful One pointing out. I did hear this. Rightful One on YouTube saying Dallin having fumble issues, right? I think Day said he didn't want to chance it with the weather. There has been some talk in practice that Dallin has had some uh, issues with ball security. Um, we haven't seen that in a game, but he hasn't had that many carries. So, yeah, that could that could have been to it. Uh, that could have been it. Um, also, Chip is a good running back. Let's not get it twisted. It's not like he's like – he was a really good running back in high school in Akron. He was a good running back at Arizona State for two years. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of you are down on the offensive line, and I think rightfully so. Hopefully they can get this straightened out. I was a fan of the Justin Fry hire. I've been talking him up, but that was disappointing today. It just was. Yeah, it's tough to run against a stacked box. We know it's tough to run against a stacked box, but what's Ohio State been saying? We need to be able to do that um, when they know we're going to do it, and they couldn't do that today. They did finally wear them out late, so credit to them again. Ohio State's been a good fourth-quarter team. This is They've been tested now three times where they've had to like fight from behind or at least it was tight at halftime, you're down early. Um, this is the third time they've had to do that, you know, with Notre Dame, Penn State, and uh, and now Northwestern. We didn't expect it would be today, but it was. So uh, I don't know. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, though. Overall, good you survive in advance, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, you know, I, I I was disappointed overall, not in everything. So I, I, I understand football. You know, you, you're going to have games like this. So I get it. But um, at the same time, I, I saw a lot that I was disappointed with today. And there was some good stuff, too. All right. Appreciate all you guys joining me for the show. Thank you to Jonah Booker. Thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon for joining me. Uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the day of college football. Thanks again for joining me on the show, Bucknutters. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.